Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. In this supplemental episode, we're discussing the life and career of model, actress, producer, businesswoman, and now published author Priyanka Chopra Jonas, whose first memoir, Unfinished, is out now. We'll also be quickly weighing in on the latest film fair awards and discussing Chopra Jonas's latest film, the Oscar-nominated The White Tiger, streaming now. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt. Yes. We have in our hands, here, put your hands on it, in both of our hands. We're holding it together. Uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas's memoir, Unfinished. I got questions about this cover, but we'll get into that. Uh, this took a while to get to us. So. Yeah, it took like a month and a half. Uh, yes, but we, we do want to thank the publisher, Valentine. Uh, for also John Le Carre's publisher. Yes, yeah, for some things you you just bought every Le Carre novel that you didn't already own. Yeah, and you bought them all with like very specific covers. Yeah, yeah, I did. Are those are those Valentine editions? Some of them are. Some of them are Penguin. Oh, okay. Well, I think Valentine is owned by Penguin. Okay. Well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> a little, uh, little inside baseball for you. There. Yes, it is. Valentine is owned by Penguin. So we want to thank Valentine. Everything's and, owned by Penguin. Yeah. Valentine and Penguin for sending us a copy to review. Uh, we've both read it. Mm-hmm. It's a quick read. Actually, interesting. Let me check the copyright page while you talk for a second. Sure. I contacted Penguin Canada. Right. But they sent us the American version. Fair so enough. That's interesting. Uh, unfortunately, oh, the author... Thing. Priyanka Chopra Jonas herself was unavailable to accommodate our interview request. I did ask, and she said no. Well, well they said no for her. The, yeah, the publisher said she didn't have time. I, I doubt our request made it to her. No. She did, however, give Oprah an interview. So Yeah, playing favorites yet again. Yeah, we, we can tell. Ms. Chopra Jonas. Uh, but before we get to that, the Filmfare Award nominations came out. Lay on me. And the awards have also been awarded. Efficient. Uh, yeah, I think the film awards are so efficient with that, but I like that kind of period in between the nominations coming out and the ceremony where you get to like speculate and. Well, it gives people time to get mad about. Uh, it gives you time to catch up with the movie. But like you can and, get mad about the White Tiger like everyone did, and uh, yeah. you can also get mad that Jelly Cat 2 was going to be the. Um, India's nomination, but then it didn't happen. I just, yeah, I, I think I like that kind of like that press circuit. In the between. interregnum. Um, but the film for awards don't do that. They announce the nominations, and then a couple days later, the awards are out. So the ceremony was held on March 27th, 2021 in Mumbai, and I have all of the winners here. So Oh, let, it, let them in. What do you want to hear about hey, first? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. What do you want to hear about first? Just go in order, whatever you got. Uh, best film. So the nominees were. Am I guessing here, or are you just telling? Sure, me? you should guess. The nominees were. I, I have a I have a slight idea about a few of these. So. Okay, Gulabo Satabo, Ludo, Gunjan Saxena, Thapad, and Tanhaji. I think, if I remember right, it's Tapad that wins. Tapad that wins. Yeah. Pretty uh, good. Pretty good choice. Yeah, Tapad won seven awards. It was nominated for 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ludo was nominated for 16. So Interesting. Just one more than I mean, five. I, we'll see if Ludo took home any as well. It's honestly criminal that uh, AK versus AK wasn't up for more stuff. 
Yeah, I think you and I were both disappointed to see that AK versus AK and Choked weren't weren't yeah. nominated for anything. Those were two of the best movies of the year. Like Ludo is low yeah. tier Basu. Right. But AK vs. AK is like Kashyap top of his game. Awesome movie. Well, it's not Kashyap. Well, it's, it's Vikram Aditya Vikram Motone, but yeah. Kashyap acting, very good. Yeah. And Anil Kapoor, excellent. Excellent acting. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised that neither of them got any love. I guess I don't know. Maybe they were all when... worried that uh, Anya Kashyap would kidnap their, their daughters. Yeah. And that's why they didn't want to raise his attention. I guess I don't know when the cutoff date was for the nominations. Oh, Maybe well, that AK makes sense because... AK came out too late. But it, it was is, the 24th of December. But it is a 2020 film. I guess we'll see if, if Cooley has any nominations. Cooley never won as any nominations. I think it uh, had a uh, music one. Because we'll if it has a nomination, then yeah. AK versus AK would have been eligible. AK versus AK. Better than Cooley. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Uh, Tapad was my favorite Bollywood film of the year. Uh, made my top 10 list overall from, you know, everything I'd seen. In, in 2020, so I think it's well-deserved. Uh, best Director. So we have Anurag Basu for Ludo, Sharon Sharma for Gunjan Saxna, The Cargill Girl, Sujit Sakar for Gulabo Satabo, and Om Raut for Tanhaji. I think this goes to Anurag Basu. No, it goes to Tanhaji. Oh, interesting. To you know, I was... I liked Tanhaji. It was fun. I was surprised to see how many nominations it got. Well, the the video I watched for... It got 13 nominations. The video I watched by um, Tried and Refused Productions on YouTube, he says that Filmfare tries to take into account like how well the movie did and how well it placed its audience. And Tanhaji is, you know... I'm not gonna say it's big budget, but like it's it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie, and it's it's like a big adventure, and everyone liked it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed Tanhaji, yeah. so I wasn't like. Is it dis- stupid? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty stupid. There's some stupid things in it. Wasn't disappointed to see it show up, but uh, <laughs> I was just surprised, just surprised. Uh, so best actor. Hate I'd- to watch it go, but <laughs> I hate to see it go, but love to watch it leave. <laughs> best actor Ajay Devgan for Tanhaji, Amitabh Bachchan for Kulabos. This goes to Bachchan. Ayushman Karana for Sheb Mangal Zayed Zavdan. Irfan Khan for Angrezi Media. No, no, it goes to Irfan Khan. Raj Kumar right. Rao for Ludo. And Sashant Singh Rajput for Dil Bachara. Yes. It's, Irfan, it's Irfan, yeah. It does Just go to Irfan Just kind of a Khan. last little, you know, hurrah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can disagree with that. I mean, I'm not going to say Angrezi Medium is the best Irfan performance or no. movie, but <laughs> it was like... It was a very charming movie. It was silly, but I'm, I liked it. I'm not overly in love with any of these other performances. Like, I would have given it to Anil Kapoor for AK versus AK. Oh, yeah. He was amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not Plus, like... well, didn't we learn in that movie that he had six Filmfare Awards? <laughs> right? <laughs> Something like that. Or National Awards? Like, he's got a lot. So. He's got a lot, but I just, I, I think that's an incredible performance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, like, all of these actors, I think, did good work. Uh, that is not my favorite performance from Sushant Singh Rajput either. No. And like... He should have I mean, got I it for... He should have got it for... Uh, um, Detective Biancash Bakshi. Yeah. Yeah. Or Sancharia. Sancharia, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I that's mean, more I, of an ensemble piece, but yeah. He was great. I do think Aishma Karana and Rajkumar Rao are kind of doing the thing that they do. They're yeah. doing it well. They kind of invented those niches and they're doing them, so... Yeah. Uh, best Actress... Jean-V. Kapoor for Gunjan Saxena, Deepika Padukone for Chapak, 
Topsy Ponder for The Pod, Vidya Balan for Shakuntala Devi. I said she would be nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ken Gunaranawit for Panga. I think this goes to Ken Gunaranawit. No, Tapsy Panu. Oh, nice. I well mean, deserved. She's great. She is very... I, I think she's always great, but I... I, I think it's a very powerful performance. I think it's a very good film. But it's she's, a strong category, she's too. She's fantastic. I didn't see Chepak, but... Chepak is good. Like, yeah. I, all those other performances it. were very strong. Yeah. Um, so I'll just... I'll keep going with the best supporting actor and actress, and then I'll just kind of tell you the highlights. the highlights, yeah. So, best supporting actor, Deepak Dobriel for Angrezi Media. This goes to Bachan. Saif Ali Khan for Tanhaji. No, no, this goes to Saif. Gashra. Yeah. Kaj Raj Rao for Seb Mangal Zayed Savdan, Kamud Mishra for Tapad, Pankaj Tripathi for Gunjan Saxena, and Pankaj Tripathi for Ludo. You are indeed correct. It goes to Saif Ali Khan. I'm well, really. Well I'm, deserved again. I'm thrilled about this. I loved this performance from Saif Ali Khan. This is where, if they still had the category like best actor in a negative role, mm-hmm. he, like. Yeah. Human chess, Matt. Yeah. Human chess. The most evil kind of chess. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, best Supporting Actress. Uh, Farooq Jafar for Gulabo Satabo. Manvi, it was her. She wins. Manvi Gagru for Shev Mangal Zayed Savdan. Nina Gupta for Shev Mangal Zayed Savdan. Risha Chada for Panga. And Tanvi Azmi for Tapad. It does indeed go to Farooq Is Tanvi Jafar. Azmi the servant in Tapad? She was really good. Or is she the uh, the lawyer? I believe she is playing um, the mother-in-law. Oh, well, yeah, she was good. Yeah, I very convincing portrayal of someone with diabetes. Yeah, uh, it it's been a while since I saw the film. Yeah, she's playing the mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Farouk Jafar is um, the Begum in Gulabo Satabo. Mm, yeah. Yeah, she was, she was good. good. <laughs> it didn't um, the grandma in um, Bad Hi Ho win last year? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's been a year, like a, a few years now, just giving it to uh, an older actress coming back with like a big fun role. Mm-hmm. Uh, the debut awards. She oh. was was she Amitabh's hu- uh, wife who like kept him on a short leash? Yeah, the Begum. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the debut awards. There was. This goes to Furniture Walla, I believe, right? No. <laughs> really? Oh yes, Al- Alia Furniture Walla. Yeah, she was. Go- she was great. Yeah. Very happy to see her win that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for uh, Joanny Janeman. Uh, way to like watch some video and ruin this part of this annual tradition that we have. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a game. <laughs> it was a game last year. I can't remember last year. Uh, I still think 2019 is last year. 2020 is just gone. <laughs> Yeah, Alia Furnitrawala in Joanny Jenny Mom. She was great. I yeah, want to see she's more, a lot of fun. more from her. I really liked her. There is no best male debut, and best debut director went to Rajesh Krishnan for Loot Case. I was Good really choice. happy to see that Loot Case was nominated for a number of awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nominated for eight. Uh, again, I think well deserved. I really liked Loot Case. I kind of had the. I thought Loot Case had really kind of flown under the radar. Maybe I'm wrong about that i'm not too sure i don't know i mean it, with streaming it TV, releases right? yeah. it's hard to know but i really liked lucas uh writing best story uh went to tapad best screenplay went to sir uh and best dialogue went to galabo satabo um uh, best music director went to ludo lyricist chapak 
playback singer male for a song in Tapad, playback singer female uh, for a song in Malang. Wow. Okay. I was not expecting Malang to show up. No one ever expects. Unleash the Madness is what the tagline is, right? That was a bad movie. Uh, but maybe that song was good. I don't know. Okay, Critics Awards. Uh, best film went to Eve Aleu. Gotta watch I, that one still. That's, that's. I don't know anything about this movie. That's Lee Jo Jo's Pelissary, isn't it? Uh, no, this is Pratik Vats. These okay. are only Hindi films. Okay, this is. You're thinking of. Um, there. Pelissary has a film There's that another, has a title similar to that. Because it's about someone who. It's like a funeral. Yeah. No, this one's about a guy who has to deal with a bunch of monkeys, as I recall. I'm interested to check it out. Yeah. It Yeah, yeah. It's an unusual government job of keeping monkeys away from public buildings. Uh, it beat out Gulabo Satabo, Kamyab, Tapad, Lucase, and Sir. Um, Amitabh Bachchan, this is where he wins Best Actor for Gulabo Satabo. Won the critics one. Um, and Tiltatama Shome won Best Actress for Sir. I think well-deserved. I think she gives a, a nice and understated performance in that film. Uh, Irfan Khan got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Tapad, Best Editing. Gulabo Sotabo, Best Production Design. Uh, Farrah Khan got uh, Best Choreography for Dil Bachara for the title song. Uh, which again, I don't think is possible he, because he, he has, has one, one leg. leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Choreography okay. good, but not connected to reality very well. Sure. Uh, I'm kind of glad, not kind of glad, I'm kind of sad that Illegal Weapon from Street Dancer 3D didn't win. I like that. I like that number. Uh, best Cinematography went to Golabo Satabo. And that racked up a lot of awards, huh? Yeah. Sound Design to Pod, Background Score to Pod. Costume design, Galabo Sotabo. I would have liked to have seen it gone to Shakuntala Devi, which was nominated. She had lots of cool clothes. That's true. Yeah. Uh, action, Tanhaji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was not a huge action year for 2020. Yeah. They, Baggy, they pushed all those to the next year. Boggy 3 was also nominated, but like... Nominated for a shitty movie award. <laughs> but yeah. T- you didn't even see it. I'm sure I've it seen sucked. It. <laughs> it did suck? Yeah. It yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, the action was pretty like... Poppin. Mm. Tanhaji, though, like them scaling all the walls and stuff. Tanhaji was great. That giant uh, cannon that they're fighting over. <laughs> awesome. Tanhaji also won Best Special Effects. So, as you can see, Ludo, which was nominated for 16 awards, zero, didn't win a single one. I mean, it's not that I hated Ludo, but it's just like, I don't know. I think it was when I, the Tried and Refused guy was saying, like, it should have won for. Uh, cinematography and stuff and I thought it's way too over the top like hey this is the blue filter for the blue person yeah and everything in the green world is green like we get it um it was just it was just it was just too uh on the nose yeah Gulabo Sotabo for cinematography I I don't disagree with that um Tapad was also nominated I thought that film Gulabo Sotabo has that big uh mansion that everyone lives in and there's lots of interesting sort of nooks and crannies all over there so it, it was kind of it had a, a big asset in an interesting location. Yeah, and I think that's why production design makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Gulabo Sotabo won six, as I already mentioned, Tapad won seven. Tanhachi came in with four, mm. and Sir with two. To Sir with two. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, any thoughts? I mean, this is always going to be an asterisk here. Man, Love Adge Call was nominated for four. AK versus AK and Choked weren't nominated for anything, yeah. but Love Adge Call. It's an, a- it's an asterisk year because of the pandemic, obviously, and because yeah. 
two of the best movies of the year and you're gonna cash up adjacent projects or that he's you know directed himself but that he's in like those those should have done a lot better yeah and the, I, I can't tell when the cutoff was the main uh, woman performance in choked she was great yeah i would have liked to seen sammy care nominated yeah. for choked i i think it's disappointing that she wasn't i mean i, I can't disagree that you know Tapsy Panu, Vidya Balwan. It was a stacked year for it was a stacked year for women. Yeah, and Deepika Padukone don't deserve those nominations. You're gonna run away again is also very good in Panga. It just it, it unfortunately she plays the role of herself outside of Panga. Yeah, which I is, just it's not a role to as many to many people's taste. I agree. I really would have liked to seen Sammy Kerr nominated for Best Actress. Yeah, she was excellent. Yeah, just kind of. What a sort of... There's some good supporting performances in that film as well. What a working class woman kind of, a, you know, aspires to is like some nice stuff in her kitchen. Yeah. And she just kind of portrayed that so well. Well, that's the uh, Film for Awards honoring the best films of 2020. So you're saying that the Film for Awards are now finished. Well, they've, they've given them out. They they're, are they're... finished. What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what isn't finished? I, I, I have a feeling I know. The life of Franca Chopra Jonas, oh. because her memoir is named Unfinished. She is, do you know where she got that title? No. Have you seen those Vogue question videos? I think you made me watch one. Like the 43 questions? I can't remember how many questions they asked. Or I think it's like 73 questions. They're very annoying. They they spoofed it or they referenced it in um, Carolyn Tuesday with Angela. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in... Priyanka Chopra Jonas's Vogue interview that's on YouTube. Uh-huh. She was asked, like, what would the title of your memoir be? And she said, unfinished. So then when she went to go write a memoir, she actually called it unfinished. Was she working on it at the time? Or she's just like, well, I already did the groundwork. I gotta... No, no, no. It was just a random question in those Vogue questions. Huh. Well, I mean, for most people, I think the word unfinished <laughs> is a pretty good... Uh, a pretty good name for their autobiography. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if they're okay. still alive, then they can actually write it. Okay, so... So presumably more stuff can happen to them. I have some publishing questions for you. Okay. Um, but first, we'll just say we've done an episode on Priyanka Chopra before. It was a long time ago. It was one of our earliest episodes. I want to say maybe our sixth episode. And I'm also thinking sixth episode. One of our most popular episodes for a very long time. I think She's I would a popular be girl. very embarrassed if I went back and listened to it, because I'm sure we got some things wrong oh of course um but you know she was the she was the subject of one of our early episodes and we've watched um, lots of her movies we've seen many of her even films. love story <laughs> even love story 2050 which is not mentioned yeah that book. should have been a whole chapter in this not book. mentioned at all where's the chapter on all the robots and like the maid who came back from the future and why 40 minutes are missing on amazon yeah she has a first look deal with amazon do you think she got them to cut those 40 minutes out you know what? I wouldn't put it past. <laughs> uh, the book came out on February 9th, 2021. Uh, and it's it's a bestseller in the U.S. and in India. Priyanka Chopra Jonas is at large to this day, <laughs> creating new experiences <laughs> okay. that could be in the next, in okay, the next book. Uh, what's the difference between an autobiography and a memoir? These are my publishing questions. Okay, well, an autobiography is a biography written by the person. Uh-huh. A memoir is a just... Uh, open name for a thing I, I don't think it's really as difficult as it sounds okay like you could just call a memoir i guess 
I don't know. I don't know if there is a difference. Autobiography is obviously written by yourself. A biography of mm-hmm. Priyanka Chopra Jones could be written by someone else. A memoir, I guess, isn't as official. Maybe she wants to do an autobiography down the line. So, like, this is a memoir of where Mem- she is now. The word memoir also kind of implies memories, I guess. So, like, a, like an autobiography has to be, Yeah. you know, it's your own memories as well. I, I, I don't actually know if there's a technical difference. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this cover? Okay. We'll put a link in the show notes to the cover, but click it now. So they did our girl dirty here. You think? Yeah. Because I could have, I could make this cover on Canva in like 30 seconds. Okay. This is, this is not a like cover that anyone put any effort into. How do you feel about the fonts? What um, about the kerning? Let me look at the kerning. <laughs> Matt's taking a... Good look at the kerning. Kerning is fine. I like the title. Well, no, I don't like the title font. That's the thing I hate the most. Uh, but Priyanka Chopra Jonas font, good. Looks kind of Oprah-y, which kind of makes sense considering she did the interview with Oprah and not us, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And I like uh, the a memoir font. I bet Oprah got her book on time. Probably. So I'm wondering if they picked Unfinished in kind of this, like, painted... Um, signature font painted uh script font Mm -hmm. to try and make it look like her tattoo which is very prominent in the picture right but like her tattoo daddy's little girl in her dad's hand dot 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 there's an ellipsis at the end but like this is for priyanka joe like you could do custom work right this is just off the shelf fonts right this is not no one put any effort into this and then the and papers. Matt does this with like every book. He looks at them differently. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit odd too to just put such a big um, blurb from the book on the back. Right. Like from unfinished. Like no shit. What book am I holding? Well, and no one's blurbed it. Like Yeah, there is no, no blurb. One, no true. one famous is saying, I learned so much about Priyanka Chopra Jonas. She's my hero. I love her. Well, she does talk about in a few times in the book that it's like... It was a miracle that they were able to put the book together during the pandemic. Yeah. I've put 10 books together during the <laughs> pandemic. It wasn't that hard, Priyanka. Um, we do have a first edition. Ornament by Einstein. And the book is short. It's about 230 pages. With big type. With big type. We each read it in like less than a day. So it's copyrighted to her company, Purple Pebble. So not her. Mm. Interesting. Okay. And, oh, they actually... Oh, right. I remember this. So they got permission to use Jonas Brothers songs, but there are other quotations from other works throughout the book that they did not get credit for. Right. And, I mean, I'm sure the Jonas Boys gave them that song for free, (laughs) but, like, she also uses... um, I don't know if Eliza Lee Fallen is still alive, but, uh, yeah, Bruce Lee's estate. Dion von Furstenberg, she's still alive. Shakespeare's fine. It's old enough. Um, but there was one big one. Yeah. Britney Spears, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Like, And interestingly, it's performed by Britney Spears. Because Britney Spears she didn't, didn't write, write that. It, yeah. Yeah. But like, to get the rights to that, use that lyric, you have to go to like one of three companies that have that you ask permission yeah. for. Because when... Okay, so Britney didn't write the song, but imagine she did. Uh, as part of her record deal, she would sign rights to uh, lyrics... 
to be used in yeah. publications. She would sign those away to a company. There's Alfred Music and uh, I forget Hal Leonard. Those are the two big ones. So they would handle like um, tablature for guitar and piano, like how to play the songs, and then also the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So in order to get the words "I'm not a girl, not yet a woman" in your book, it usually costs about three hundred dollars. Unless you're Penguin, who doesn't give a shit and just puts it in there, no problem. Um, Again, thank you for the review copy, Penguin. Thank you. Well, yeah, they're they're the biggest publishing company in the world. Like, what are you going to do? Tell them not to? Quotes Mm -hmm. from famous people. Okay, they're debatable, but if they were in a book or something, or they're a song lyric, you should probably get permission for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh yeah, Rilke. Well, I think Rilke has been dead long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I also thought having a quote at the beginning of every, yeah, Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate. Yeah. I think that having a quote at the beginning of every chapter is kind of lame. I don't think you need to do it. Rabindranath Tagore is probably, probably been dead long enough. Probably domain. Um, yeah. So each chapter. Public domain is 75 years after the death of the author in the States. And there was a 25 year extension. So. Because of Disney. Yeah. So right now it's. Something like if you died in the 40s, you can use people's uh, mm-hmm. work with, without their permission. Okay. And so, they're making us do that too. So each chapter opens with a quote, as we have now established. Now, it's what, a crutch, right? Like it makes you think of other better pieces of work and like, oh, I guess she is not yet a woman. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I I'm, assume... I'm, I'll say right now, like, I, like I, I think for a celebrity puff memoir, like this is fine. I don't yeah. know if she wrote it. I think there are some sort of... I think she wrote it. I, I don't... It's not an especially challenging read. I didn't find it especially literary. I don't think it's badly written by any means. It's just... It's very straightforward. It's, straightforward. it's very straightforward, um, yeah. She, she seems like a nice person. Yeah. She does have kind of... She has one writing trick that I think really annoyed the hashtags? you and I. Yeah. She would hashtag things at times. Hashtag so over it or hashtag, I don't know, in the Priyanka zone. Yeah. I don't know. I Like in the text, there will be a hashtag something. And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I found that a little gimmicky. I would be interested to see if they put a hyperlink on the hashtag in the ebook and if mm. it like links to anything. Yeah, apple, hashtag apple doesn't fall far from tree. Because, yeah, this is what people who don't understand how hashtag works do. <laughs> how hashtags work do. Because they just say, like, a phrase that isn't actually a hashtag. Yeah. Because, like, a hashtag is a way to group lots of people talking about the same topic. So, for instance, A-B-L-E-G. A-B-Leg. Legislature. Mm-hmm. That's how people in Alberta talk about Alberta politics. If you you know, put that on there, then people who follow that hashtag will pay attention. No one is paying attention to Apple hashtag Apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. There's no that. Apple doesn't fall far from tree. Sure. But, oh, that just makes it more cyber. <laughs> but, like, it's it's not, like, a thing that people are paying attention to. It's, it's just what, like, your aunt does when she's tweeting for the first time, like, hashtag new computer user, hashtag I'm first on Twitter. Yeah, I think it kind of dates the book a bit. I oh, don't yeah. know, maybe that, maybe that will like become a popular thing. But no, right it now, it, it, will not. it feels like that dates the book. It is uh, trying to be very much of the now. So the content of the book, it kind of... Chopra Jonas covers her childhood, 
her time at boarding school, her time... Lots of time at boarding school. <laughs> her time uh, in the U.S., going to high school, then returning to India. Pageants. Pa- yeah. Winning uh, Miss World, first winning uh, Miss India, or coming in second at First Miss she India. wins the May Queen Prize at her <laughs> family's country club. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, her days um, as a pageant queen... Then, like, one chapter on her time in Bollywood. Just one chapter. And then we're off to her failing music career in the U.S. Yeah, there's a lot on that. acting career in the U.S. Quantico. And then, whole chapter on Quantico. A whole, yeah, a whole chapter on Quantico. Uh, the death of her father, which I think you and I found the most moving chapter. Yeah. I think that's got the most soul. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think she's really, she's really laying herself bare there. She, yeah. She sounds like she was... Maybe not clinically depressed, but she was pretty bummed out for a couple years yeah. over it. Uh, and then a lot about a lot Nick Jonas. Jonas. A lot There's of a Jonas. whole chapter dedicated to the wedding. I feel it's like about three Jonas chapters, right? Yeah. Once he shows up, it's it's the Jonas show. I feel like we spend more time learning about Nick Jonas than we do about her Bollywood film career. We spent more time with her refuting rumors that she got a nose job than we do with her Bollywood career. Yeah, so I guess... She's trying to settle some scores in this, for sure. Yeah, I mean, she... It's it's her life. She can share what she wants about her life and what she thinks is important about her life. I think from, from our perspective, certainly from my perspective, as someone who is interested in Bollywood, I found that aspect of the book wanting. Yes. Now, that's not necessarily a criticism of the book because... She knows what she's writing it for. It's yeah. Not, it's not for Bollywood people. And so when it's I say... It's written for an international audience. Yes. It's very, very clearly, much for Americans. Yeah. Very um, clearly written for an international audience. When I say that she's settling scores over uh, her nose job or, you know, um, people calling her fat or something, like, these are scores that need to be settled. People who, like are concerned about celebrities body image and stuff are ghouls and should be defeated and like destroyed at all costs i'm totally fine with it it's just it was just kind of weird to come up in the book yeah i think she's always coming from a pretty heartfelt place Mm -hmm. uh she doesn't name any names okay so she she doesn't get into uh her romantic life pre-Nick Jonas, she kind of... Well, she talks about various high school boyfriends. Yeah, sorry, she does talk about, She talks a lot about her high school boyfriend, Bob. That's a, clearly a different name. How does Bob think? But like, <laughs> but this she, girl that he dated when he lived in oh, Iowa or something, and she goes on to be one of the most famous women on earth, and he's just like, oh, I'm Bob, I still live in Iowa. I really uh, blew that one. But she doesn't talk about any of her more kind of famous boyfriends. Or rumored ones. Or rumored ones. And I mean, I, I like Harmon Bawija. Yeah, <laughs> we could have got a whole chapter on Bawija. He is mentioned at one point, uh, but not as one of her exes. Uh, I do, I do think that like some people were hoping for some juicy gossip in the book, and that's not really the point of the book. And I respect that she doesn't want to name names. There is no gossip whatsoever, actually. Yeah, she well, there there kind of is. You know, she does talk about one. Oh yeah, there's a casting coach kind of scenario. Yeah, she talks yeah. about one film director who tried to encourage her to get surgery. plastic surgery, who she said w- was later on called out in a sexual assault scandal. I assume it's Raj Kumar Harani. Yeah, I was thinking that too. But when I look at the timeline of when she would have been in that meeting, or Rajat Kapoor, maybe does he direct? I think he does. I I don't think it was him. Uh, when I look at the timeline of when she would have been in that meeting, 
and Rajkumar like Harani's early 90s, f- right? filmography, he didn't really start making movies till the early 2000s. Yeah. So, and I mean, she, she... It takes a while to produce them, though. Yeah, I mean, she was crowned Miss World in the year 2000. So I just... She kind of says that he had a bunch of awards at, like, at the time. So... Yeah. But it still, to me, feels like it's probably Rajkumar Harani. I mean, he's a known boundary pusher. Yeah. Douchebag. Yes. Uh, there's lots of photos. Yes. Photos are nice. You're looking at those right now. There are some photos. I really magazine like the photo. Magazine covers? Oh, that's an interesting question. Did they get permission to use the magazine covers? There would have been permission on the copyright page. Um, Survey says no. There is a list of credits for the photos. Oh, but is there like property of Maxim or whatever? Yes. Really? Yeah, they're like copyrights. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. And Getty images and stuff. Okay, yeah. so they, they got permission for that. So that means that they spent their money on the photos because that is a extremely laborious... Well, if you're Priyanka Chopra, I'm sure things go a lot easier for you because you're famous and everyone likes you. Mm-hmm. But for someone like me, for instance, getting photo permissions is a gigantic pain in the ass yeah. and often not worth it. I you, do... you think that that one is photoshopped. No, I just... I like this one of her and Meryl Streep and I don't think it's photoshopped. It just kind of has a little kind of... It just, like, kind of looks a little fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it is a real photo, and I think it's very sweet. I love Meryl Streep. I love Priyanka Chopra Jonas. It's a cute photo. The one together. with her and her dad. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. The one with her and her father. So I think I... And then all Jonas. I can't say I learned anything from this book. Did you? I mean, okay, so... Long time listeners of the pod. Her commitment to women's rights, I, I think, comes through very clearly, which well, I appreciate. Well, she layers that into even when she was a child. Yeah. Because someone left a kid, like a daughter, a baby, underneath their parents' car one day because mm-hmm. they couldn't take care of it. So, mm-hmm. And she wanted to take care of it. But, like, yeah, so that's kind of a thread through the book. So long-time listeners of the pod know that I typically don't really pay attention to gossip and don't really care about celebrities' lives. Right. So most of this was a surprise to me. I, okay. didn't, really, I didn't really know anything about her. Um, Not even from the episode we did many, many years ago? I mean, that was like five (laughs) years ago. Um, I mean, you would have given me a rundown for like 30 seconds before we talked about the movies. Like, I knew that she was a pageant winner. Mm -hmm. um, And um, I knew that her father died, but I didn't know of what. And it it kind of sounds like it was like a botched operation at first that kind of like touched his bowel or something. Like, that... His liver, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Like, yeah, he liver was... Liver cancer. He was getting liver cancer removed, and then they nicked something else in there, and then that kind of set him down the road. Yeah. She also, her polyp surgery, which resulted in um, her, her, the shape her, of her nose changing, actually, that I didn't know. Um, well, that's and then the thing that she's refuting. Because, calling her plastic yeah. Chopra, that was also a surgery that didn't go how it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I don't know, like, I... It was interesting to learn about her growing up as like an army brat. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about that and kind of interesting. And I knew that she'd lived in the States. I think I'd seen her on Good Morning America or something talking about it. Like, Or she mentions it sometimes that she used to live in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So like how long she lived there and how she moved between different sort of relations, different families. That was interesting. The stuff I would have wanted to learn was all in the Bollywood chapter and I knew all that stuff. Yeah. It it didn't really bring anything to light. I mean, I learned a lot about the TV show Quantico. Um, so if you want to know about that, I heartily recommend the book. Or if you want to know about what it's like to meet and then date and then marry Nick Jonas. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do. 
Yeah, you know, and I think like I mean, she is I think giving quite an quite an open and honest glimpse into her life and her upbringing and the things that are important to her and her career. I guess I'll also say the stuff about uh, what it's like to kind of go on a whirlwind tour of a beauty pageant. I didn't really know anything about that, and that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So, because she didn't, she wasn't like raised to be a pageant girl. No. Or so she says. This is all from her perspective. I, I do really like the kind of the detail that her brother. It was her brother's idea because her brother, because she had returned from the U.S. He wanted her to leave again. And her brother wanted his room back, and little did he know that this idea would like kind of fundamentally change his life. Because he gets stuck in the U.S. for like two years <laughs> yeah. on his own. Yeah. yeah, she she clearly has very supportive parents, or she has a very supportive mother and had a very supportive father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think ultimately, like, did I... did she need to put the music stuff in there? I mean, <laughs> that I... that wasn't interesting. Well, but I think I think it's she... her one of her few failures. I yeah, guess. I, I think she's trying to articulate that just because she is hugely successful in India and a household name, that still when she came to the United States. She was faced barriers in breaking in because just because you're famous in one part of the world doesn't mean you're automatically famous somewhere yeah, it was else. square one for now, her. Now I will I will say that sometimes she's I, I thought she was really overselling that. I know who Priyanka Chopra was before I even became interested in Bollywood, but at the same time, you also read fashion magazines and things that I would yeah. I probably wouldn't have known. And at the same time, I am a lot more pop culture savvy and I know more about celebrities than maybe and I certainly know more about film than your average person because I am like I am someone who is interested in celebrity culture though I try I try to keep my interest in celebrity culture away from the toxicity of celebrity culture so I I don't like gossiping I don't like um I don't like when celebrities are clearly going through difficult things in their personal life speculating about that you will never find me speculating about like brad pitt and angelina jolie breaking up or for example. yes i just like i but i am interested in what celebrities choose to put out there and how they craft their yeah. image and i think you know we as human beings we are kind of naturally curious about one another and we're naturally curious about famous beautiful people <laughs> She also, I think she mentions that she would like sing songs with her dad sometimes. Yeah. But it's not like I was born with a song in my heart. So mm-hmm. like the music chapter kind of comes off weird because it's like, okay, she's sung recreationally, but I don't know if that's really a career for her. And then she tries to do it and it doesn't work. She does seem to be aware of her privilege. I think I think that comes across. So I Yeah, think- I, I mean, she... What she says about her family growing up, it's like, oh yeah, we lived in an apartment. We were like on the second floor, but and there was another aware, family like, her, there. Her, her privilege of being able to go to high school in the states, of being able yeah. to pursue education at all. Yeah, you know. So, which she brings back in the UNICEF stuff later. Yeah. So I mean, it's it it's a puff piece. It's uh, I wouldn't say it's a book with a lot of substance, but I would say that it does feel like an honest glimpse into her life into her her perspective on her life yeah her perspective on her life so you know who would you recommend it to read i think people who are interested in celebrities 
I, think it, I if, don't know if I would necessarily <clears throat> recommend it to someone if they're interested in Bollywood. Yeah, that's the big problem. It's, think, in most of our audience, I don't know, actually. Yeah, I think the um, the biography, Anupama Chopra's biography on Shah Rukh Khan is a much better book if you want a celebrity biography but also want to learn about Bollywood. Cause, or because the, Chopra does a good job in that book of kind of tying together Shah Rukh Khan's career and larger kind of moments in Bollywood. I also think that Fatima Bhutto one too. Oh, that's a really good, yeah. New Kings of the World. I mean, this one, okay, so again, most of our no, listeners... That's not, the, the Fatima Bhutto one is not all about it's Bollywood. It's not all about, but, but the, Bollywood, the Bollywood stuff is good. Yeah, and the Bollywood stuff is it's a pretty unvarnished, most of the book. <laughs> it's a pretty unvarnished look at what it's like to be Shah too, just like yeah. drinking coffee and smoking constantly. Yeah. Um, so for this one, I think if you're... Okay, so... I think being a hardcover is actually kind of a problem for this book (laughs) because it should be like a soft cover that you pick up at Shoppers, like right Right. up front there. Oh, Priyanka Jonas. Priyanka Chopra Jonas. I heard she got married to Joe Jonas. I wonder what that's like. Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas. Okay. Joe Jonas is married to Sophie Turner. Whatever. Or, oh, I remember her from from that Quantico show. Yeah. Like, I wonder what she's about. Like, that's, it's kind of like people who may be aware of her from like Baywatch or. Right. Stuff like that, and are interested in kind of learning how she grew up and stuff. That's who this is for. Yeah, it is is not like a movie memoir. I knew all the broad strokes going into this. You know, I knew she was an army brat. I I guess I didn't know she'd gone to boarding school, but I knew she'd gone to high school in the states. I knew about the pageants. I knew about her (laughs) about her Bollywood career. Knew about her her failed music career in the U.S. You didn't need it. You didn't. You didn't need to know any of this from the book. No, but I mean, it was it was an easy read. So. Okay. All right. We should probably get cracking on the White Tiger, though, because we are at 42 minutes. Yes. We're going to quickly discuss The White Tiger, which is Priyanka Chopra Jonas's latest film that she both stars in and executive produced. And it is now uh, nominated for an Oscar. So it came out on January Announced 2nd. Announced by Chopra Jonas herself. Yes. Uh, came out on January 22nd, 2021 on Netflix. It's based on the Man Booker Prize winning book by Arabin Adaga. It's directed by Raman Barani, who is an Iranian-American director. It stars Adarsh Gorav, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, and Rajkumar Rao, one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's received excellent reviews. I think it is something like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars, for Best Actor and Best Adapted Screenplay at the BAFTAs, and for Best Male Lead at the Independent Spirit Awards. So this is, like, not... A Bollywood film at all. Is the Independent Spirit Awards the one that usually has a pretty good monologue? It's like John Mulaney or somebody? Yeah, and it's the one that... I would love to see uh, John Mulaney and then like Rajkumar Rao just kind of like <laughs> shooting the shit, right? Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's the one that uh, last year Aubrey Plaza did the big tribute to Laura Dern. Yeah. Laura Dern. Yeah, that, that's usually a fun award show actually from yeah. what I've seen. Oh yeah, the, the, Andy Spirits Award, the Andy Spirits Awards are great. Uh, highly recommend watching the and they like the take, monologues they're they good take place in like the afternoon like in tents on the beach they're very they're very good and people they, are getting hammered they usually honor uh excellent films uh, i believe it's usually the saturday before the oscars hmm. yeah the oscars are usually on a sunday uh so the white tiger uh we've seen a lot of mixed reactions to this film I well guess, Matt, west, you... western people two thumbs up people who live in india don't like it. Yeah. Do you want to say kind of what the plot is quickly? Okay, sure. So the White Tiger, uh, Adarsh Gaurav plays a young man who... In Balram. The, yeah. In the framing story, 
He's pretty well off. He's got like a business. And he sees that, I think it's the premier of China mm-hmm. is coming to India. Chinese diplomat. Yeah. And he wants to write him a letter saying like, uh, it's it's going to be the century of the brown man and the yellow man. We're going to leave the white man in the dust. And here's how I got to where I am in life. And, you know, here's how like we can work together and make more money. Um, so he grows up in a little village and there's this family where they all have like nicknames who kind of own the place. Mm-hmm. Trying to remember all the names. I think Rajkumar Rao's the lamb, and like there's a there's a dad who's mean, there's a brother who's mean, and then yeah. Rajkumar Rao's kind of a softy. And these guys just basically extort everybody. They're the landlords. They own everything. Eventually, uh, Balram gets a job at their house as the driver. At the driver, he sort of frames the current driver. Uh, they really don't like Muslims. Uh, this family, and he blows the the other guy's uh, sort of spot and says like, oh, he's fasting and he's going to a mosque. He's obviously a Muslim. Give me his job. Mm-hmm. So he works there for a bit. And then when Rajkumar Rao and his new uh, American wife, played by Priyanka Chopra Jonas, she's Pinky, Pinky Madam. Yeah, Pinky Madam. Uh, when they move to, I think it's Delhi because they're bribing people. Yeah, they go to Delhi to bribe local officials. Yeah. He goes along with them. And for a while there, the sort of bonds between master and servant mm-hmm. are mixed and in the eyes of the movie this is a bad idea mm-hmm. because well for Balram it's great because he gets a taste of like what it's like to live above his station essentially it's kind of Victorian really or yeah. they're too familiar with him they you know give him clothes they drive the car sometimes like in the sort of moral universe that most Bollywood movies work in, you never know. You might know the driver's name. You might know that Ram Singh is your your guard at the front of the building, but like you're not. They're never your friend because yeah. it's typically like it's a master servant relationship. This is like very specifically master servant, like it's medieval times. Yeah, yeah, and so. Over the course of the film, the power dynamics start to break down. They mix up too much, and uh, eventually there's a sort of tragedy that happens, yeah. uh, and Balram is sort of framed, and then he has to figure out what to do with his life. Yeah, and so it, kind of, it eventually becomes like a satire on class in India. Yeah. Uh, I he, haven't read this book, neither of you. No. No. Uh, but... There's a copy at WeBook in, though, if you want. <laughs> okay. If you're in Edmonton, go pick up a copy at the WeBook in. Uh, I, I, I quite like this film. I do, I see what, what some audiences are saying about it kind of quote unquote being a film made for white people and not a film made for an Indian audience. A film directed by an Iranian guy featuring Indian An Iranian American. Yeah. He's from North Carolina. But they think that it's a movie for white people. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I disagree. Well, I would push on that a little bit. I think... I mean, no one involved in the making of this film is white. I, I will point that out. You know, Priyanka Chopra Jonas... Above the is, title, yeah. Yeah, is one of the executive producers. Ava DuVernay is also an executive producer. And as we've established, Raman Barani is Iranian-American. I think it's a film made for an international audience. Yeah. And so I, I don't disagree with what people are saying. It's not a Bollywood movie. It's, yeah, it's it's not a film, and it's not made within the Indian system. Mm-hmm. It's about India, stars Indians, 
It's not made within the Indian system. It's like Jean Renoir's The River. And I think it really is pitching itself, certainly at an American audience, but I think at an international one as well. English audience, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of an international Canadians, English I guess. I guess it worked for audience. us. Uh, so I, I'm not going to say that I, I disagree with that criticism, just that I didn't have an issue with that aspect of the film. It reminds me a bit of how... Crazy Rich Asians was not well received in China. Mm-hmm. The uh, people who would ostensibly be interested in it, but then they just realize all the things they got wrong. Yeah, but Crazy Rich Asians is a film for Chinese Americans, made by Chinese Americans. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, and and I mean, I certainly think that The White Tiger has a lot of the markers of Hollywood as well. The White Tiger is a metaphor for sometimes. There's like one animal that's like the king of the jungle. And yeah. it's, it's the most unique thing. Mm-hmm. And Balram takes upon himself mm-hmm. to become a white tiger because he's a kid from the village who, you know, goes way farther than anyone ever thought he could. Mm-hmm. I Did you like the film? I like it. Yeah, I did. There's stuff in this movie that you had absolutely never seen a Bollywood movie. Unless yeah. maybe an Ayurveda Kashyap or Matwane movie. Because right. it's like, it is so open about the transactional relationship between servants and rich people aka masters that it is very uncomfortable to mm-hmm. think about basically any other bollywood movie any any bollywood movie i've seen where someone has a driver or someone has a uh, um a manservant or a guard or something like typically we never learn anything about these people and if we do it's like oh yeah he was in the army and now he guards our house mm-hmm. and he's a lovable Sikh bodyguard or something like that. Like this is from the servant's perspective. And typically when something is from a servant's perspective in Bollywood, they're a lot friendlier. Mm-hmm. Like think about uh, Namak Halal, I think. Mm-hmm. Or is it Namak Haram? I think it's Namak Halal. Yeah. Where Amitabh Bachchan is a guy who ends up becoming Shashi Kapoor's sort of manservant. Right. Like, these are more like an English, like Jeeves and Wooster or something. Like, like the he's your butler, but he's also your best friend, and he's smarter than you, and he gets you out of scrapes. This one is saying that, yeah, your servants all hate you. Yeah. Uh, and they, will, they would willingly throw you under the bus, take all of your stuff away, because you're nothing but a paycheck, and, you know... When you start to mix things up, when Rajkumar Rao starts to become Bobram's friend and confidant, it is confusing. And it it just kind of um, just screws up the relationship. He considers himself a dog. Like, he Mm -hmm. mentions it a lot. And imagine if you uh, told your dog, oh, it's okay to just jump on furniture. It's fine. And then later get mad at him for jumping on furniture. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very confusing and it upsets the order. And no one understands their place. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, we want Balram to win because he's our main character. He's actually very funny and, like, a very charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. So we want him to win. But in order for him to win, the people who pay him have to lose, basically. And they do. Yeah. And Barani is known for making films about class. Things like Pushcart Man, uh, which I believe is now streaming on the Criterion Collection, if you're interested. He did 99 Homes with Andrew Garfield and Michael Shannon about um, the, <laughs> the, uh, the mortgage crisis. Yeah, the mortgage crisis in in Florida. He's very he's very smart, I think, in the way that he approaches these issues. Uh, from what I understand, he spent 
a great deal of time in India too to learn about the culture so that he could adapt the book. We, you know, we're white Canadians, so we're, we're about look- as far removed from this as possible. Yeah. yeah, we're looking at this from our white Canadian perspective. I thought it was a satisfying and well-made film. I enjoyed it. I, but I certainly, I certainly am open to the criticisms that I'm I'm seeing online uh, from people with different perspectives. And I think well, it's, it's very Im- similar criticisms to what we saw with the Suitable Boy, which is also right. like a BBC production in India, and. You know, everyone sounds weird. That's the big thing about Rashmore Rouse. He sounds weird. Right. I didn't think he, he, he sounded okay to me. I, he always sounds like that. I didn't have a huge, yeah, I didn't have a huge issue with Rashmore Rouse's accent. I know that he was a little worried about it when they were filming, and he felt that, like, Barani had really assured him that it was working. It sounded I, fine. I, I think maybe I don't have an ear for accents, but I also... Well, it's also a different language. Yeah, I also don't know if people can really judge how good an accent is because people make fun of Leonardo DiCaprio's accent in Blood Diamond all the time and that's it's apparently real it's apparently like a very accurate South African accent well yeah I know a South African guy <laughs> and he sounds like that yeah so I I don't know I, I think Rajkumar Rao's good Adarsh Gaurav is like clearly the he's big great. the big find he's here. like the new Dev Patel yeah it's amazing he's receiving a ton of nominations for this uh, speaking of Dev Patel there is a dig at Slumdog Millionaire which I yeah. liked uh yeah he deserves all these nominations i would say that compared to slumdog millionaire this is a much better film yeah like slumdog millionaire kind of is that poverty porn like he's Mm -hmm. a slumdog and he gets one chance to make it big i mean it's fairly similar sort of reversal circumstances for the main character whereas in that it fetishizes like bollywood dancing and stuff with the jai ho song this is no, that's a great song. I mean, it's a good song, but it's this is closer to a Anya Rakashev film, yeah, where there is music, but it's kind of used for montages. There's no dancing; it's realistic in that sense. Yeah, and I, I mean, I respect that Kranka Chopra Jonas is, you know, using the production company that she developed in India to make largely regional language films and then to make this guy she take. does talk about that, that how yeah. many you know, other languages yeah. she's making movies in which is impressive and I had no idea I just knew oh, about knew the sky's about pink and uh, my tiger yeah. you know everything <laughs> I spend a lot of time reading about this stuff uh, yeah so we should talk about I, her though I am impressed that she is kind of yeah growing that aspect of her business and taking the opportunity to make kind of global films about India. She specifically She's... calls out Anushka Sharma as like, I want to mm-hmm. be like her and I want to produce movies because Anushka Sharma, I think actresses are realizing like, if they want to keep getting roles, they have to make them yeah. themselves. But she's found herself, you know, in a unique space as a, you know, as this international star who's bridging both American culture and Indian culture. And I think you really see that in kind of the making of this film and her character specifically in her character in the way that in kind of the audience that the film is pitched at and i i commend her for it because you know it's very clear from the book that she does see herself as an ambassador for india in the west pinky madam she's good her family like runs a bodega in new york i think in queens in queens yeah Priyanka Chopra Jonas herself she there, yeah. has some experience in Queens. But And Rajkumar meets her and they have a whirlwind romance. And then she comes to India. Yeah. She's American. And she's like a massage therapist or a chiropractor. Something like that. But she's kind of the one... I think that that's another character that people don't like. Because 
she comes to India and she's just like, why is everyone misogynist? Why can't we be nice to but our she also, servant? I mean, I think the film is critical of her because yes. she she does not have that level of privilege back in the United States. But when she's given that level of privilege in India, she eats it up. She does. But she's also one of the ones complicating things for Balram. Right. But like she's constantly getting into fights with Rajkumar Rao's family because they're a you know, patriarchal family from rural India. And um, like she feels like a viewpoint character for Americans who have never seen a movie set mm-hmm. in India before and is po- and pointing out things that you and I have learned through films like, you know, it can be a very misogynist yeah. culture and stuff. And I could see if you're from India and you know all this, being told this again by an American person in the in the story. She's American. Yeah. This would be very annoying. That's true. I do I do like how though within the narrative she is just as complicit. <laughs> oh yeah, even more so. And does not understand what people in uh, you know in in the lower classes need. Completely unaware. Yeah. Uh, Even though, yeah, she's poor at home. That's the thing. It's she becomes she fully subsumes herself into the role of a rich person in India. Yeah. And she tries to bring up her family with Balram to kind of like say, "Hey, I oh, get I it. I'm, like, yeah, I'm poor too." But yeah. then it's just like, "By the she way, can you park the car over here?" Like being poor in Queens versus being poor in India, massively different. Yeah. So yeah, we we certainly don't want to in any way dismiss any of the criticisms that we've seen. No, I totally understand why they're there. Um, I I like the movie, but again, I'm coming from being a white guy who lives in Canada, so it's not like I know anything either. Exactly. So uh, I guess to wrap this up, are you looking forward to this um, buddy comedy thing she's doing with Mindy Kaling? She talks about that a lot in the book. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, where they're going to pit like Indian American and Indian against each other for comedy yeah that sounds fun it'll be good uh so my favorite thing about priyanka chopra jonas are you ready for this matt what she's she's talked to tika the icky yeah you should put a link to that too uh in, i think that in that, promoting both this book and i think the white tiger i can't really tell what it's a promotion for I mean, it's a promotion she, for her dog diana which she, i would have loved to hear more about she asked tika the icky tika is an italian greyhound who lives in montreal who i absolutely adore she asked Tika for fashion advice. And you know what? Tika gave her great fashion advice. And she had a dress that was very Tika-esque <laughs> in that video. Yeah. Anyways, um, just just really had to point out that Priyanka Chopra Jonas, her greatest achievement in life is clearly talking to Tika. Sure. The book, it's fine. Like, if you are not like Aaron and an obsessive learning about uh, <laughs> someone like... Pro- I wouldn't say I'm obsessive. I just pay attention. But like... If you were like me and don't know anything, okay. you will learn some stuff. Um, but if you're going in looking to learn a lot about Bollywood, you will be sorely disappointed. Agreed. Uh, but if you want to learn about Quantico and what it's like to marry Nick Jonas, there yes. we go, uh, then you'll learn all about it. And her family stuff, you know, if you want to learn about that, you will. Mm-hmm. And the White Tiger, pretty good. <laughs> I, I actually thought it was really good. But I had to watch it not as a Hindi film, essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we weren't expecting a Hindi film. Like, yeah. It's not an Indian film. Yeah. This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is brought to you by Career Essentials, a new podcast from techlifetoday.ca and Nate. 
Career Essentials offers real-world advice and insight into different careers and career paths. Discover perspectives, tools, and tips essential to your career growth and success. Co-host Brian Allery shares more about what to expect from this podcast. I fought fires in Australia in 2009, and I just happened to be there when there's an eight-year drought going on, and there's record-breaking temperatures, and a few thousand fires started in one day. In the town that I was in, 34 people died, so that was a pretty scary time. I love Anthony Bourdain. I read Kitchen Confidential, it got me into cooking. I thought, this is rock and roll, this is cool. Anthony Bourdain was a failed chef, and the things he did and romanticized led him to ruin. People get lost in that message. If I, a young business owner who owns a cafe in a small town, can make time for mental health in my business and to help educate our guests and our peers, then what's stopping larger groups of restaurants and better chefs than me from doing it in theirs? Introducing Career Essentials, a new podcast from Tech Life Today and Nate. Career Essentials offers real-world advice and insight into different careers and career paths. We feature the stories and experiences of Nate alumni with lessons for everyone. Whether you're just starting out or further along your career journey, each episode will give you perspectives, tools, and tips that are essential to growth and success. And who knows, we might even inspire you to pursue a completely new career path for professional and personal satisfaction. Career Essentials is created and hosted by the team at techlifetoday.ca, Nate's online magazine. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the man said, you can find Career Essentials on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. But you can also find it at techlifetoday.ca forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, which publishes curiosity-driven stories, topical newsletters, and locally focused podcasts, all in the service of informing Edmontonians about their community. Want to start your day informed? Check out The Pulse, Taproot's new daily news briefing. The Pulse tells you what you need to know about Edmonton every weekday morning. You'll get short, informative updates about what's happening at City Hall, plus coverage of business, tech, food, the arts, and more. You'll also get a little bit of whimsy from features such as A Moment in History, Chart of the Week, and the Friday Podcast Pick. And it's free! Sign up today at taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. That's taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the supplemental. We only ran over by like 20-ish minutes. Uh, we will They're be, all gold. <laughs> we will be back in two weeks. What are we going to be discussing, Matt? We are talking movies that are derived from Jane Austen novels, right? Yes, movies adapted from Jane Austen we novels. We already recorded this one. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be talking about Aisha the Bollywood adaptation of Emma. And we're also going to be talking about Bride and Prejudice. Talk about a movie that is not a Bollywood movie and is definitely with like an American gaze in mind. Yes. G-A-Z-E. Yes. So, yes, that's Bride and Prejudice, which is not Bollywood film, was not made within the Hindi language film industry. Uh, it does not feature any Hindi language as far as I remember. No, I think it's mostly Punjabi. Yeah. Uh, it is Bollywood adjacent. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Gurinder Shada, and we're discussing it partly because it is a film we frequently see labeled as Bollywood online, and people frequently tell us, oh, I haven't seen a Bollywood film except for Bride and Prejudice, or if Bride and Prejudice counts. It's or people count it as something that got them into Bollywood yes. because they would learn about Aishwarya Rai. Yes. So we thought it would be uh, a good opportunity to discuss it and kind of see how 
you know, an actual Bollywood adaptation of Jane Austen works versus this Bollywood adjacent adaptation. It's a real chimera, that movie. Yeah. It's a very strange movie. Yeah. I don't think Heads I up, like... I cannot remember the plot of Pride and Prejudice or Bride and Prejudice. Does the plot even matter? Yes, it does. <laughs> we'll get into that. All right. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? At Bollywood Pod. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. You're at Aaron E. Fraser. Uh, Facebook.com slash Bollywoodisforlovers. Tumblr.com slash Bollywoodisforlovers. Leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, review your stuff. If you don't do it on there, though, let us know. We don't always see those reviews pop up. While you're there, you can also subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichak called Trash Art in the Movies. We just released an episode about Paul Schrader's Light Sleeper and Tamara Davis's Half-Baked, which was a... a go, go listen to find out what I thought of that, that film. I'll give you two guesses what she thought of Half-Baked. We want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork, and uh, that's everything. Yep. Uh, well, we'll get Priyanka to talk to us on the next book. <laughs> Bye.